Thank you so much again, whether you're here in the building or whether you're online for joining us this morning. If you've been here um, the last few weeks, you know that we are in the middle of a series called Mission, which is a, a really, really important and vital series for us as the church. And so we have been walking through this. Today is now week three of the series. And actually, um, Next week is going to be week four, which is the, the final week of the series. And so Devin is going to be delivering that message for you. And so I'm looking forward to that. Um, my game plan was to cover this entire series. However, my wife is about to explode with child right now. And so um, it's, it's, it's coming whether we're ready or not. In fact, um, originally the due date for my son was May 17th. And uh, about a few weeks ago, my wife went to the doctor and she said, it's probably going to be more like May 10th. He's growing pretty quick. And, uh, and then she went to the doctor a few days ago and my son is almost nine pounds already. And so it's about that time. If we wait too much longer, he's going to be a full grown man by the time... <laughs> He comes out, so it's it's about that time. So I'm looking forward to Devin delivering the word next week. But I'm excited to jump into today's uh, lesson. I, I think we've got a lot to learn today. This is going to be a really important one for us to buy into and to commit to. And so I'm excited about that. But before we dig in, let me just do a real quick recap of some of the things we've talked about up to this point. So we started out this series by really just talking about the general concept and idea of a mission, what, what that is. And what we said is really a mission is ultimately uh, what you are about, okay? It's, it's what you do. It's why you exist. And we see this with different organizations and with different businesses. They lay forth a mission statement, and that's what they're saying. This is what we're about. This is what we want to come together to accomplish. And so that's what we did at the beginning of this series, we laid forth our mission and we said, this is what we are about. And so let me refresh you on what that is. Our mission is that we exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference, okay? That's, that's our mission. In fact, what we have said each week is this is what we want every single person that we come in contact with to experience. Like, we are that serious about this. We want them to come to know God, to have like a genuine relationship with him, want them to find genuine freedom in their lives, want them to discover their God-given purpose, and then go out and make a difference in this world. That's what we are about, okay? And so we wanna come together like never before to see that through. Now you'll notice in that mission, there are four different aspects or four different components that we need to, to be aware of. And so what we've been doing week by week is just going through and breaking these down in a way that we can get the full scope of what they mean and how we can execute upon them, right? That's really, really important. And so um, in week one, we talked about the first component, which is that we wanna help people come to know God. That's what we wanna do around here. And so we said our vision, what we want to see with this is we want to see our community come to know Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. That's what we want to see around here. And we said this is the first component for a reason because this is what's most important. 
Okay, this is the priority around here that we would help people come to know God. In fact, the rest of this really doesn't mean anything unless we nail that one. And Jesus makes this very clear throughout the gospels, right? He says, go out and make disciples of all nations, go preach the gospel. And so we want to be about that around here. And then last week, we got into the second component, which is that we wanna help people find freedom, find real freedom in their lives. And this has kind of been a theme around here lately, but as we began to dig into this, we started to know some interesting things within scripture, namely that while freedom ultimately starts with Christ, we see that he's the one that sets us free, the process of sustained freedom, or you might even say experienced freedom in this life comes through one another. That's, that's how we ultimately achieve this, through the connections and, and the relationships that we have with one another. Um, James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Like if you wanna be healed, if you wanna be spiritually restored, which is what that word means, then you have to lean on one another. And so once people come to know God, we want to see that life change because we believe God will change their lives. We want to see that life change sustained and supported through the right relationships. Relationships that build you up, relationships that encourage you, relationships that that, uh, challenge you, right? We want to live life together in this way so that we can experience the freedom that God has for us, okay? Listen, this is an essential step for our spiritual journey. Sometimes we forget about it, right? We're we're so introspective. We forget that we need one another in this journey and we want to make sure this is part of our mission, okay? And so that brings us up to speed for today's lesson. And I'm excited to jump into this one. This is actually a really important um, turning point really in this mission. And I'll explain that at the end, but we have to make sure we are given to this. And so the third component to our mission is that we would help people discover purpose, okay? We wanna help every single person that we come in contact with to discover purpose in their lives. And so let's begin to to dig into this. So when we talk about the idea or the concept of purpose, um, really where we need to start with this is by understanding that this is truly one of the primary themes that we see in the Bible. All right, whether you're talking about God's purpose or whether you're talking about our purpose as his people, this is truly a wide ranging prevalent topic that we see as we read through the Bible. It's really from cover to cover. You you can't overlook this particular concept. And yet oddly enough, despite that fact, the unpacking of individual purpose and responsibility within the church is actually something that has been quite inconsistent throughout the history of God's people. This is clearly something that we haven't consistently hit the mark with. And if you look throughout the history of the church, um, what you'll see is that it's broken up into different eras of church composition. Okay, so from the early church to the Roman Catholic church to the Reformation, this is kind of the timeline that we see. And what we find interesting about each one of these periods is that they all struggled, they all struggled with rightly administering the idea of individual purpose. This has long been a struggle for us within the church. And one of the consistent ways that this has happened is by way of unequal responsibility 
within the church. In other words, what seemed to so often happen is we would have leaders who would rise up within their calling and they would lead with great fervor and and great effort while the people in the congregation would slowly but surely take less and less responsibility on their shoulders. Now, sometimes that was because the leader didn't know how to delegate, and so that's on them. Other times, it was because the people didn't want to pitch in and help. They were, they were too busy with life, and they couldn't help, and, and so that's on them. But we see it going both ways, and, and both ways are a problem. And what seemed to happen over the course of time is this somehow began to morph into really the MO of the church. Like this is how the church runs. You have these leaders who step up and they carry most of the weight while the people just pitch in to whatever extent is needed. That is the culture that we have created. It's, it's kind of the Pareto principle where you got 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. There's, there's an imbalance that we have created here. And so what has happened as a result of this is many people are left feeling like they have no personal responsibility within the church and maybe even more unfortunate, feeling like they have no personal significance within the church. And this is a problem. Do I really have a part to play here? Like, do I really have anything of value to, to bring to the table? These are the questions that so often plague us as children of God. But the good news is, as we read throughout scripture and as we see God's word revealed, one of the most powerful realizations that we are brought back to over and over again is that we, as God's creation, were all made for a purpose. Every single one of us was made for a purpose. We exist for a reason, which means that we are significant. We are important. We are valuable because God has made us this way. And so I want to begin to unpack this and really see how scripture reveals this to us. And so I want to start by looking at some specific examples that we see throughout the biblical narrative. How does God really present this and open it up to us in a way that we can apply to our own life? So I want to start in the book of Jeremiah in chapter one and verse five. And this is God speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. And he says some some really important things. This is what he says. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you or set you apart. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Now, this is really important language from God because what he is showing Jeremiah is before you were even born, I mean, before you even came about, I had a purpose for your life and I ensured that that purpose played out. I mean, that's how intentional God is. We fast forward to Ephesians chapter one, verse 15. This is the apostle Paul. He says, but when God who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Now, we just looked at an example from the Old Testament, an example from the New Testament. And did you see how closely they were related? Did you see how familiar the language was there? Because Paul came to the same realization before I was even born, before I even came about, God had ordered my steps. He had a purpose for my life. Now that's good news. That's good news for me. That's good news for my son who isn't even born yet. He's got a purpose for your life. That's how intentional our God is. By the way, we see the same thing with David, see the same thing with Esther, see the same thing with the Israelites. In every one of these examples, God had a specific purpose for his people. And listen, this is important for you to know. For the record, that's not because they were the most talented people of their day. 
wasn't because they were the overachievers of their day. That wasn't the case. And in fact, in every one of these, we see direct examples of self-doubt and shame and mistakes and weakness. In every single example, we see that. But, but you know why they had a story? Do you know why they made an impact? Because they knew God had made them for a reason and nothing was gonna stop them from seeing it through. That's what purpose is about. That's what we're talking about today. And so I wanna look at what I think is maybe the best metaphor that we have for this concept in the New Testament, okay? This is something that the Apostle Paul very consistently lays out before us, which is uh, something that we need to, to really understand. And so um, the metaphor we're gonna walk through is the body of Christ, okay? Maybe you've read this in scripture before. Maybe you've heard us talk about it. Not too long ago, we did an entire series on this, but this is a really important principle for us to understand when it comes to individual purpose and individual significance, okay? We need to understand this. So the first question that you might ask is, what is the body of Christ? When we read that, when we talk about it, what exactly do we mean? And we get our answer in, Ephesians 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 22. This is what it says. And God placed all things under his feet, that is Christ, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. Okay, so whenever you read this, whenever you hear us talking about it, what we're talking about is the church. We're talking about all of God's people, his family. That's who makes up the body of Christ. Okay, now you might be asking, why is this the metaphor that we're supposed to understand? And so I wanna go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because Paul really, really leans into it here. And I'm gonna read through quite a bit here, but I want you to see the picture that Paul is painting. And I want you to think about how this would apply to your life and to your purpose within the church. Okay, so let's go to verse number 12. And this is what Paul says. For even as the body is one and yet has many members and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Verse 14, for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, well, where would the hearing be? And if the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. I mean, Paul just keeps drilling this in, right? One body, but many members that make it up. Let's go to verse 21. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor. Verse 25, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Verse 27, now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. This is a, a beautiful, important metaphor that Paul continues to bring up throughout his writings. And in fact, I would encourage you uh, at some point this week to go back and read 
uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and just really soak in what you think this means for you individually and what this means for us collectively because there's so much wisdom within that. But in terms of our topic today, let me try to break it down this way because Paul is trying to get us to understand some really important things, okay? The first thing that he's showing us is that we are each a member of the body. Okay? When you put your faith in Christ, when you receive the Spirit, you become a member of the body. And as part of that member, we each have, uh, I'm sorry, the body, we each have a part, a role to play in how that body functions. Okay, does that, does that make sense? It, whether you're an eye or an ear or a foot, we each have a part to play, right? And not only that, this is pretty cool to think about, each of our parts, each of our roles is unique and important. That's a really important distinction to make. Each of our roles is unique and and it is important. Paul says this, he says, the eye isn't the hand, right? And the ear isn't the foot. We have unique roles that we are to play. But he also says this, the head can't say that it doesn't need the foot, right? That the ear can't say it doesn't need the eye because we are each important. We are each valuable and needed. And in fact, if we don't play our part, well, well, then the body suffers, It's not gonna function the way that it needs to. In fact, watch how he puts this in Ephesians chapter four, verse 16. He says, from him, that is Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So the body is joined and held together. It grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And if that work isn't done, then the body suffers as a result. So here's what Paul is trying to get us to very clearly understand. Listen, when you become a believer in Christ, you have a part to play. That part is unique and it is important. And if you don't play that part, then we are gonna miss out on the full work of God that he wants to do in and around us. This is what he's trying to show us. And this is what we need to take to heart as his people, okay? And so now with this idea kind of laid in front of us, let's talk about how we can apply this within our context around here. How can we make sure this is happening around here? And so just like we have done each week with the mission, we're gonna break this down in a few different ways. We're gonna talk about the vision. We're gonna talk about what we need to focus on. We're gonna talk about our mindset. And then we're gonna talk about the strategy and how we're gonna see this through, okay? So when it comes to helping people People discover purpose. This is our vision. This is the vision that we have for this component. We want to see people come to realize their individual purpose and then passionately carry it forward. That's what we want to see around here. In fact, if you could just like envision this for, for your life and, and for the people around you, really discovering your individual God-given purpose and then passionately carrying that forward. That's what we want to see. Now, you can see that there are two different parts to this vision, and so let me break it down for you. The first piece is that you would come to realize your individual purpose, and we mean that. Like, we want you to hone in on how God has created you so you can understand how he wants to use you, right? But I almost said this. I almost said that you would come to realize your individual value. Because I think that's just as important as anything sometimes. Sometimes it's not about discovering your specific purpose. It's just knowing that you are valuable, that you are important to God's kingdom. And for so many of us, that's what we need to understand. I do have a place here. I am valuable to what's going on. But listen, we do want you to discover your specific purpose. If God created you intentionally, and if he has given you specific gifts, I do believe he has a specific plan for you. And again, we see that with Jeremiah and with David and with Esther, and we wanna see it in you 
as well. But then this leads us to the second piece, which is that then we want you to passionately carry that forward. That's what we wanna see around here. So let me tell you what I mean when I say that. Listen, our vision here is not that you would discover your purpose and then half-heartedly step into that. That's not the vision. Our goal is not that you would be lukewarm in your calling. Our vision is that you would give your heart and your soul to seeing what God would do through you. That's our vision. Like that you would lay everything at his feet and go, God, just use me. However you wanna use me for your kingdom, for your glory. That's what we mean when we say passionately carry it forward. Because here's the truth of the matter, guys. Let me just set this expectation right now for you. Um, This vision is not gonna be easy. In other words, the idea of discovering your purpose, like your God-given life purpose, that's difficult, guys. That's, that's hard. In fact, as we were going through this months and months ago, we kept kind of getting stuck here because we're like, this is really difficult stuff that we're talking about. And so listen, you're, you're probably gonna hit some roadblocks along the way. You're, you're probably gonna seem like you're lost sometimes. You're gonna have to fight through some discouragement. And so your passion and your faithfulness has to lead the way. You gotta keep pushing. You gotta keep moving in order to see what God wants to do in and through you. That's what it's gonna take. Okay, I found a really good proverb that I think speaks to this really beautifully. This is Proverbs chapter 20, verse five. It says, the purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. The purpose in a man's heart, man, it's, it's deep, it's vast waters, but an understanding man will faithfully draw that out. I, I read this um, commentary on this particular scripture that I loved and I had to read it for you guys. Listen to this. It says, the design or purpose of doing something of importance is like deep water hidden by great abundance and hard to be discovered. But a wise person through questions, discourse, and diligence will fight to find means to discover it and to draw it out. I love that so much. Like, yeah, I know it's not gonna be easy. I know this is gonna be difficult, but I'm gonna push. I'm gonna fight to make sure I'm finding my purpose and applying it to my life. That's what it's gonna take. And by the way, that's what it took for many of the same people that we just read about earlier. For for the people that God used the most, they had to fight for their purpose. I mean, they had to persevere through some crazy stuff in order to see it through. In fact, I think um, the best perspective that we have on this in in scripture is, is the apostle Paul. I love, I love his outlook when it comes to purpose. And so let me read this for you. This is Philippians chapter three. Verse 13, he says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He says, guys, I had to press on. I had to keep pushing. I had to keep moving so that God's purpose would play itself out. And so you're gonna have to do the same thing. This is the perspective. By the way, I love that he also says, forgetting what lies behind sounds a lot like finding freedom, right? Forget what lies behind. Let's press forward to the purpose that he has for us in the future, okay? One more scripture that I have to to, to put out here around this. This is my favorite scripture in the entire Bible. I try to apply this to my life, but I love, I love this, this perspective. This is Acts 20. 24, he says, but I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. I just want you to ponder what Paul just said there. I want you to ponder that perspective. I want you to ponder the priority that he is putting forth there. 
In fact, let me just put it this way, as straightforward as I can. When it comes to discovering your life's purpose, when it comes to fulfilling your life's purpose, you have to want this. Like like down to your soul, you have to want this. You have to want this more than money. You have to want this more than personal gain. You have to want this more than your sin. You have to want this. Because in order for this to come to light in your life, this is the attitude and perspective you have to have. What matters to me most is the call of Jesus Christ on my life and nothing is gonna stop me from seeing it through. That's what it's gonna take, guys. This is what it's gonna take in order for this vision to come to light in and through each one of us. It's gonna take this. It's not gonna be easy. It's gonna be difficult, but we're gonna give everything we have to it, okay? That's the vision. Now listen, if that is what we wanna see around here, then let's talk about what we need to be focused on, okay? And this is probably the simplest point that we're gonna have in this entire series, but it's also one of the most important and, and I mean that when I say that. But in order to see this vision come to light, what we have to focus on is people. We're gonna have to focus on the people. Now, I know that seems way too simple, but listen to me, what we have seen over the course of time, again, with this culture that we have created within the church, is that the church has become much more focused on, on developing ministries and on processes and on methods, much less focused on developing the people. In fact, I think I said this in week one, but the church has become way more program-centric and way less people-centric. And so what happens as a result of that is the people tend to get lost in the shuffle. Like maybe they don't fit into a process or into a program, right? Maybe they're not being prioritized and valued. And I know that I keep saying this over and over again, but, but the church is not the building. The church is not a process or a procedure. The church is the people, and so we believe if we focus on developing the people, well, then growth and impact and mission is inevitable, right? If you guys are growing and fulfilling your calling, nothing's gonna stop God from doing whatever he wants to do around here. And so we wanna focus on you. You are what God wants to use. You are the ones that he's placed and he's positioned. And so your development is the focus, okay? That's what we wanna do. Now, if that is our focus then this is gonna to have to be our mindset. And this is really important, and I'm gonna talk you through this, but this is important. That the mindset is that the leaders must develop the people for ministry. That's gotta be the mindset. Think about it this way. If the focus is on developing people, somebody's gotta do that. And that's where the leaders come into play. Let me show you this in Ephesians 4, 11. It says this, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. By the way, that's Paul's leadership model. He's talking about leaders. And what are leaders there to do? Verse 12, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Okay, now we know what the body of Christ is. That's the church, that's all of God's people. In order for that to be built up, what Paul just said is the leaders have to equip the people for works of service. That's what we have to do. That's how this works. Okay, now listen, listen, this right here is, is the reason why I said at the beginning that this mission has been about a year's worth of work in the making. Okay, there's been a lot of time and a lot of effort that has gone into this because our leaders have been digging in, they've been preparing, they've been ensuring that they can meet this expectation because ultimately this mindset is a charge to them, to us as leaders, that we would equip the people for works of service. And where we fail there, we fail as spiritual leaders. That's, that's how important this is. That's how important a charge this is. But, but here's the other thing, and, and you need to hear this. While this does put a lot on our leaders, while it does, and trust me, we feel the weight of that. I promise you, we feel the weight of that. The truth of the matter is that, that this charge is also on you guys as well. 
And let me explain what I mean when I say that. As I mentioned earlier, as we look across the history of the church, what we have seen happen is leaders of the church who, who, who are out there doing the work of ministry. They're the ones who are serving. They're the ones who are working and the rest of the congregation is just pitching in with whatever is needed. That's not what scripture just laid out as truth though. That's not what Paul just said. Paul said that the leaders have to equip the people so that they go out and do the ministry. That's how this works. That's what we have to do around here. So just as much as this is a charge for strong leadership, this is a charge for active service and participation from every single one of us. So your job is not to just rely on us and hope that we can hold the whole thing together. No, that's your job. That's our job together. So as much as we try to equip you and develop you, as I've already said once, you have to want this. Guys, you, you have to commit to this. This is your God-given purpose we're talking about. It's not my call, it's your call. I'm not in ministry, we're in ministry together. That's how this works. And every single one of us better take this seriously if we wanna see the full work of God in our community. That's the perspective that we have to have. Gonna have to give everything we have to it. Yeah, it's not gonna be easy. It's gonna be difficult, but we're gonna put everything on the line just as Paul showed us to ensure that this is the priority. Now, I said at the beginning that this is a bit of a, a turning point in the mission. And the reason I say that is because when you think about it, the first two mission components are very much about you, that, that you would come to know God, that you would come to find freedom. At this point, we're shifting things to where you have to go outside of yourself. Now it's time to, to, to focus on the people around you. How can I impact other people? How can I change other people's lives? This is an important turning point because listen, we are not consumers around here. We are called to contribute to the mission of Jesus Christ. Guys, I need you to understand how important this is. When we're talking about purpose, we're talking about everything. This is why God created you. This is why you exist. That's what we're talking about. Why would you not wanna give everything you have to this? If this is why you were created, it's time to step into it like never before. And so just like last week, what I wanna do is I just wanna pray over you guys as we finish this up today because we're gonna need God every step of the way. This is gonna be difficult. We're gonna have to fight through it. We're gonna have to push through it. We're gonna have to extend the grace to one another. We're gonna need him every step of the way. And so if you could just stand with me. I want you to walk out of here understanding how important this is for your life, how important this is for us collectively. Guys, I could sit up here and yell at you guys all day long and maybe there would be a little bit of adrenaline that you would feel but that's not gonna last long. What matters is that this sinks deep inside your heart, that this is sustained in you, that you can't go another day without thinking about why God has created you, what he wants to do through you. That should be the focus. And so if you could just close your eyes with me. Heavenly Father, I pray over every single one of us, myself included, that this is something that you would charge deep within our hearts. Lord, that we would understand just how important this is, that this is everything. This is why you've created us. This is why we're here. And then I pray that you would lead and guide us through every step of it. Lead and guide us through the struggles. Lead and guide us through the hardships. 
keep our feet planted in you as you use us to accomplish your will. May we lay everything that we have at your feet. Everything that we have. I mean that. We live in a world today where we've got so much. Our possessions are higher than they ever have been before. And yet not a single one of them matters if we don't fulfill our God-given purpose. Sink that into our hearts, God. Charge us with that. That we would never be the same from this day forward. That we would go out. We would discover our purpose. That we would put it on display for your will and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray.